0: Today we're continuing our message series, The Way of Love. And in this series, we're looking at God's revelation of himself in his commandments. And as we learn to love him more, our love will be reflected in the way that we speak, the way we live our lives, the way that we follow him and his instructions for us. Our love for God is also seen in the way that we love other people, the people that God created around us. Now today our message is entitled, Honor God's name. In your bulletin is a white page. It has the outline written out as well as some of the verses that we'll be looking at today. We encourage you to take those out and follow along uh, as well as the things on the screen. Honor God's name. Now, in today's world, most names of people are simply labels to distinguish people apart. So we can call somebody by their name. We know it's this person and not another person. Names have No meaning, for the most part, other than this function as a unique label. But in Bible times, names had great significance. They had great meaning. A name represented the whole person. In fact, you could almost say that the name was the person. And so when a person's character changed, God changed their name. One uh, famous example is Abram being renamed by God to Abraham. And today we're not going to be focusing on people's names, but on God's name. God's presence, God's person, God's character are all represented by His name. They're concentrated in His name. And since God is infinite, there are many different names or titles of God in the Scripture that represent different aspects of God. One count of biblical names or titles for God is 995 different names or titles for God in the Bible. Now, I didn't count those myself. I looked it up, and there's probably different counts because it's not so easy. There's so many. God revealed his personal name to Moses, and his name was revealed as Yahweh in the, in the Hebrew language, translated as Lord, capital L-O-R-D, in our Bibles in the Old Testament. It's recorded for us in Acts chapter 3. Moses asked God, what is your name? Who should I tell the people of Israel has spoken to me? What is your name? And God answered him and God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, say this to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. God also told, said to Moses, say this to the people of Israel, the Lord, that's Yahweh, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever and thus I am to be remembered throughout all generations. So this is God's personal name. He has many titles. His personal name of of Yahweh or Lord, it's used 6,519 times in the Bible as the name of God. Now in the New Testament, the Old Testament is written in Hebrew, and the Lord is God's name. In the New Testament, we learn that Jesus is Lord. Philippians 2 verses 9 through 11 says, Therefore God has highly exalted Him, that is Jesus, and bestowed on Him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And so the name of Jesus is the name that's above every name. Jesus is Lord, He's divine, He's God, He is the Lord God, and when we pray in Jesus' name, all the power of God, the Lord God, is behind the prayer that's prayed in faith. And so as Christians, we bear Jesus Christ's name. The word Christian means follower of Christ. Christ means the Messiah. And so today we're going to talk about honoring God's name and the blessing that comes from obeying God's commands regarding His name. And so we honor God's name through the words we speak, through our actions, through our very lives. So we mustn't to honor God's name, we mustn't misuse God's name. Let's look at Exodus 20, verse 7. We're going through a number of the Ten Commandments in this series, The Way of Love. Verse 7 says, You shall not take the name of the Lord. You see it's in all caps. That's the personal name of God, Yahweh. Your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. So this is the third of the Ten Commandments. It has to do with our relationship with God. The first part of the Ten Commandments have to do with our relationship with God. The second part has to do with our relationship with people. And so we are not to take God's name in vain. Uh, The NIV translated as we are not to misuse God's name. So what does that mean? What does it mean to take God's name in vain or to misuse his name? It means to refer to God or Jesus in a way that does not honor them, in a way that does not show them respect. And so, obviously, cursing God or saying, cursing somebody else with God's name would be misusing his name, using God's name in a flippant or Joking manner would be taking his name in vain, not showing it the proper honor, not showing it the proper respect. You see, God is the creator of everything. I mean, he's the Lord of lords, the king of kings. And we need to honor his name and honor him by doing that. We are to show respect. Psalm 86, 11. And there's so many verses we could use today about the name of God and honoring it. We're just going to look at a few It says, teach me your way, O Lord, that I may walk in your truth. Unite my heart to fear your name. Unite my heart to fear your name. The Bible tells us we are to fear God. Uh, We are to hold him in great awe. He holds our lives in his hands. Not only are we to fear him, it says specifically in this verse, we are to fear his name, it his name represents Him, and when we use the name of the Lord, we use the name of Jesus, we are to use it with respect and honor. It's not to be used casually. He is the one who created us. He's the creator of the universe. We should show respect for His name in the way that we speak and how we use it. We mustn't, we mustn't blaspheme. Leviticus 24:16 says, whoever blasphemes the name of the Lord shall surely be put to death. All the congregation shall stone him, the sojourner as well as the native, when he blasphemes the name shall be put to death. And so blasphemy was considered a very serious offense in the Old Testament. Death penalty for anyone who blasphemed the name of the Lord. In this whole passage in Leviticus, what was going on is there were two men who were fighting. You know, when you fight, sometimes you say things you shouldn't. And one of the men said, Use the name of the Lord God to curse the other man that he was fighting with. The people knew, done something wrong. They took him into custody. They said, What are we supposed to do with this guy? And Moses, you ask God what we're supposed to do. And God replied directly to Moses, You're supposed to stone this man. He has blasphemed my name. And so misusing the Lord's name in blasphemy, was or is a serious offense. In the New Testament, Jesus said that blasphemy against the Holy Spirit could never be forgiven. It was an eternal sin. Blasphemy, and when, what Jesus referring to, it was attributing the work of the Holy Spirit to demonic power. Saying the Holy Spirit, who is, is God, was doing something that was demonic in origin. So we must be careful to not misuse God's name. Now, if we listen with our ears or watch with our eyes in our culture today, uh, God's name is being misused in written, oral, video, all over the place, is it not? And so it's easy to succumb to peer pressure and just talk like those around us. And so we need to ask God to help us to be different, to use his name with respect in all that we say. We should eliminate... Slang forms from God's name in our vocabulary, I believe. You know, Christians have this way of changing a letter or two, and then it's okay. Uh, But everybody knows what it really refers to. And so we should use every aspect of God's name with respect. Believe this commandment from the Old Testament to honor the Lord's name applies to us today, as do all the other Ten Commandments. And the way to avoid misusing God's name is to ask Him to help us to fear Him. And to fear his name. To put that reverent awe, that reverent fear of God into our hearts. To ask God to help us to break bad habits of speech by replacing them with good habits. Sin dishonors God's name. Sin of any kind, including misusing God's name, dishonors God. The Bible teaches that all sin is first and foremost against God. Even when we sin against our brother or sister or another person, it's first and foremost against God as well. It may be against another person. And so sin affects our relationship with God when we sin. It affects, may affect our relationship with other people. It also impacts other people's perception of God. And so sin of any kind has tragic consequences, not all of which are immediately visible. Sin dishonors God's name. And one way that we may sin is by sinning defiantly or defying God. Numbers 15 says, Anyone who sins defiantly, whether native-born or foreigner, blasphemes the Lord and must be cut off from the people of Israel. Because they have despised the Lord's word and broken his commands, they must surely be cut off. Their guilt remains on them. Talks here about sinning defiantly. There are two types of sin that are talked about in the Bible We don't normally, commonly talk about it. Perhaps we should talk about it more often. The two types of sin are unintentional sin and intentional sin, described here as defiant sin. Defiant sin is when you know something is wrong, you know you shouldn't do it, but you say, I'm going to do it anyway. I really don't care. I'm going to sin defiantly. You've not been caught into it. You've not been tricked into it. It's not a moment of weakness. You just say, I know it's wrong. I really don't care. I'm just going to do it. And so in these verses, defiant sin is characterized as blaspheming the Lord and His name. And the penalty is the same penalty in the Old Testament as it was for blasphemy, being cut off from Israel through the death penalty. In particular, defiant sin dishonors God's name. It doesn't demonstrate any respect or fear for the Lord. In the New Testament, Hebrews 10.26, don't have time to read it, says there is No sacrifice for sins or forgiveness for those who go on sinning deliberately or sinning defiantly. They make it a lifestyle of defiant sin. Uh, There is no forgiveness for those types of sins. So we must be careful not to sin defiantly. We mustn't do things that hurt God's reputation. Romans 2 verse 23 says, You who boast in the law dishonor God by breaking the law. For as it is written, the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles because of you. And so these verses were written to Jews who claimed to keep God's law, but they broke God's law, and so they dishonored God. And the result was that the Gentiles were blaspheming God's name because the Jews said they were followers of God, and yet they didn't do what they should have done. They were hypocrites. The same is true Today, well, in in that case, God's reputation suffered among the unbelievers because of what people who claimed to be followers of God were doing. The same is true today. If we, as followers of Christ, if we dishonor his name, the unbelievers around us are going to take notice. And God's reputation is going to suffer. And so our words and actions have far-reaching consequences for good and bad. Now, today we are... Focusing on how God wants us to control our tongues for the most part to honor him and his name. The dictionary defines profanity as blasphemous or obscene speech. And we've already talked about blasphemous speech. And the Bible also directs us against obscene speech, which also dishonors God. Many verses in the New Testament uh, about that. So how can we grow in self-control of our speech so that it doesn't dishonor the Lord God? Well... In general, bad habits are broken by replacing them with good habits. Uh, Just to say, no, I'm not going to do that, uh, doesn't always work so well. But we break bad habits by replacing them with good habits. First of all, to break habits of profanity, one of the ways is don't expose yourself as much as you can to others using profanity, whether it's in person, whether it's in television, movies, things you read, or whatever. Uh, The more that we hear profanity coming into our ears or watching it with our eyes, the more we're going to be tempted to continue or have a problem with it ourselves. Oftentimes, I think it may be appropriate to tell others around us you'd appreciate them not using that kind of language in your presence. Well, that's quite radical, isn't it? Well, I don't know if I'm walking around with my wife and somebody badmouths her I'm not going to just stand there I'm going to say something say I would appreciate you not talking about my wife that way and the same should be of we should uh, honor and respect God and not allow those around us as much as possible to badmouth him or dishonor his name not to judge them but to let them know that you're different that you honor and you fear God's name and so we want to replace talk that dishonors God with language that honors him and tells others how wonderful he is. Integrity honors God. So let's look at some of the positive ways that we can honor God's name with our words and lives. Proverbs 20 verse 7 says, The righteous who walks in his integrity, blessed is his children after him. And so integrity is the quality of being honest and having strong Moral principles in the things that we do in life. It honors God. It brings blessing to our lives and to our families. So it's certainly something we want to pursue. With respect to speech, a person of integrity keeps their word. Jesus taught us in Matthew 5. He says, But I say to you, do not take an oath at all, either by heaven, for it is the throne of God, or by the earth, for it is his footstool. Let what you say be simply yes or no, Anything more than that comes from evil. So an oath is when you swear to do something and you use God's name or something else to show that you really mean what you say. You know, I promise to do this, What? so help me God. Something like that. That's, that's an oath. Jesus here is saying that as a believer we should be people of integrity. If we have to use an oath to convince somebody that we're telling the truth or that we're going to keep our promise, well, something is wrong. When we say, yes, I'm going to do something or no, I'm not going to do something, our word should be our bond. Our word should be the truth. We should always keep our promises, even if it's no longer convenient for us. That is integrity. That is honoring God and not misusing his name. We don't want to hurt God's reputation. We want to safeguard or en- enhance his reputation. I'm going to read this verse. and It's a little difficult to understand without the context. But the passage here is about an offering that the church in Corinth was preparing to give to the persecuted church in Jerusalem. They had made a promise. They're going to give some money to help out this other church. But they had not yet kept the promise. They were, I believe, struggling to keep the promise to collect this money to help others. Their promise had not been completed. And in this verse, Paul was encouraging them to keep their word regarding the the offering. He says, by their approval of this service, they, of the people who are going to receive the offering, they will glorify God because of your submission that comes from your confession of the gospel of Christ and the generosity of your contribution for them and all others. So the display of integrity with the people in Corinth, keeping their promise to give the offering to the suffering believers in Jerusalem, would be an opportunity for the other people who received the offering to glorify God. It would enhance God's reputation because these believers had kept their word. Integrity was going to honor God and it was going to spread God's honor from one church to another. So let's think for a minute what happens when we are not people of integrity. Lack of integrity would be making a promise and they're not keeping it. If the church at Corinth said, yes, we're going to help you, and they say, oh, sorry, we, ha- we have other use for our money, we're not going to give the offering. After they had made the promise, that would not be showing integrity. Lack of integrity would be saying we're Christians, then not living like Christians. Saying one thing, doing another. And when we do that, people rightly call us what? Hypocrites. Uh, that's what the people at Corinth would have been called. You made a promise to help other people, and then you didn't keep it. I mean, what kind of Christian is that? It would be called hypocrites. And what impact does this hypocritical behavior have on people who are not Christians? Well, it doesn't motivate them to want to become believers, does it? In fact, that's one of the common criticism of the church, right? Where people use as an excuse not to become part of a church or believe in God. Christians, they say, are hypocrites. They say one thing and do another. And so as believers, we need to be people of our word and that our words are kept and our words honor God in his name. Another way to think about it is that the Bible refers to believers as the Lord's God's ambassadors. What's an ambassador? An ambassador represents a country or a government to another country. And so as Christ's ambassadors we are representing the kingdom of God to this world that largely does not know God. And when we say something and do something, it should represent God's kingdom. It should be following in Jesus' footsteps. And so this morning we need to ask ourselves, do my words, do my actions honor God's name all the time? Do I sometimes misuse God's name and so dishonor the Lord? Am I a person of integrity who keeps their word? I Make a promise, do I keep it? Does my life enhance God's reputation to those around me? And if we're honest, myself included, I think there's always room for improvement, is there not? There's ways that we could do better at honoring God's name, fearing his name, accurately representing him to the people around us. So this morning, we're going to ask God to help us to honor and fear his name in all of our lives. And as we do that, more and more, God's going to bless us and our families. Now, the first step, really, in honoring God's name is to become a believer, to put your faith and trust in Him, to, to honor His name and the things that He's told us, to admit that we've sinned, that we haven't been living our lives to honor His name. And we choose to turn away from that sin. The Bible calls that repentance. And to believe that Jesus died on the cross to forgive us of our sins. He rose from the dead. We commit our lives to serving Him as our Lord and Savior. So I'd like us all to bow our heads right now. If you've never committed your life to Jesus Christ, I'd encourage you to do it this morning. If you feel like you've done it in the past, but you've wandered away and you want to recommit your life to Him, I'd encourage you to do that as well. I'm going to pray a simple prayer. And if you would like to commit or recommit your life to the Lord Jesus, I'd encourage you to pray along in your mind. Or whisper whatever you want to do. God knows your thoughts. He knows your hearts. Say something like this Father, today, I admit that I've I've sinned. I've done things in my life that were wrong, that dishonored you. And I'm sorry. I, I turn away from that sin. I, I repent of it. I don't want to do it anymore. I believe that Jesus died on the cross that my sin might be forgiven. Come into my life, Jesus. I want to follow you. I believe you rose from the dead, and I commit myself to following you and honoring you for the rest of my life. And for those of us who are believers, let's pray as well. Father, today we thank you for your commands that teach us the way of love, love for you and love for others. Forgive us for the times when we've dishonored your name with our words. We pray that you'd set us free from habits of speech that dishonor you. May we show respect and honor for your name as we grow in fearing you. Teach us, God, to safeguard your reputation by being people of integrity, people who keep our words. May we understand, God, that as Christians, as followers of Jesus Christ, we represent you to the people around us. Help us to be your ambassadors and to faithfully be followers of Jesus as lights in a dark world. Thank you that through your spirit, you're going to help us to grow in the fear of you and the fear of your name. God, we pray for the missionaries that we saw today that are working to shine your light, the light of the gospel, in this dark land of Thailand where 95% of the people are, are Buddhist. And are not believers in Jesus and so are headed for an eternity apart from you. We pray God that in the city that church would be able to be completed and many people would come. And more and more missionaries that speak the language there would be raised up to go to the tribes that have never heard the name of Jesus. We pray that your word would go forth in that land. That there be protection on the believers and the missionaries. And there would be great revival. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.